What is going on, guys? Welcome back to the Evolution Podcast. My name is Jeff Bayless. You can follow me on Instagram at JeffBayless underscore. And if you want some one-on-one coaching or just want to reach out to me, my website or flow page is flow.page forward slash JeffBayless underscore. In this episode, I have Rob Reichart, good friend of mine. I don't want to give away too much of the show, so I'm just going to kind of lead you in with a question and a thread. Uh, the thread would be resilience. Uh, you know, this, this man certainly embodies a story of resilience and, uh, a question, uh, maybe as you're going through the show to give you something to think about, uh, where is there, or where have there been, uh, times in your life where there was something kind of in the background or maybe in the forefront that, uh, you pushed aside and just didn't notice the signs that were telling you, these bells and whistles were going off and and maybe you just didn't pay close enough attention uh and then so you know if you're thinking about that historically maybe try to apply that into the present because really all we have is this moment you know there is no past or future there is only the now so as you go through and you listen to rob's story i would encourage you to think about uh, something that is potentially going on in your life now that is pretty obvious maybe for those around you and somewhat subjectively hard for you to parse apart in your own mind uh, and uh, so listen to the story uh, and uh, maybe keep that in mind as you go through the episode all right enjoy guys all right hey rob uh, appreciate you doing this man i know it takes a lot of courage to come out and i know this is probably going to be a little bit of a vulnerable share and uh, i just want to acknowledge you before we even jump in just with gratitude man for uh taking the time with my audience and having the opportunity uh you know to share your story of resilience uh what you've learned through that and uh you know it's you know every time we so let, let me start in with a little quick story so you know i met you probably like four or five years ago and we immediately clicked like kindred spirits right away i knew that you were a sharp dude and uh i knew that you had a lot to offer the world whether that was in the military or outside. And I just, you know, I'll pay you that compliment as well, man. Like right when I first met you, I was like, this guy is cool. And, uh, you know, he's smart and, you know, he's a go-getter. And, uh, what'd you say the other day? Like you're a cleaner, you know? So, uh, I was very impressed with you from the first time I met you, man. So, uh, not to bro out too hard as we jump in, but, uh, it, you know, I almost feel bad or like I should apologize for not inviting you on earlier, but, uh, you were also kind of going through some stuff and it's usually better to share when you're on the other side. Right. So, um, I appreciate you, man. And, uh, you know, I guess I'll just kind of jump in or throw the conch shell over to you with, you know, uh, what are you doing right now, man? Like, what do you, what gets you fired? What's, what got you motivated to get out of bed today? Like what is going on with Rob Reichart today, right now? Yeah. Yeah. First off, uh, thanks for having me, bro. I, I know we've, uh, man, we've, we've talked a quite a few times about, just some deep stuff, you know, and you, you call it growing out, man. But I, I think, you know, the last time we talked about it, uh, we talked about having like net positive uh, with somebody else, man. And I, I think like, while I was going through my stuff, I was leaning on you pretty heavily um, just because of your story. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure like everyone knows your story, so don't need to rehash that. But um, you know, thanks, man. I, I appreciate this. I, I appreciate everything you've also done for me, just, you know, probably in, especially in the last two years, um, you know, you didn't have to, uh, but what motivates me to get out of bed brother. So today, I mean, 
you know, yesterday was Valentine's Day. Like, come on, like that's that's easy stuff. Uh, you know, so to get out of bed this morning, it was it was easy. You know, it's that's 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 just life. But then I think just in general, like like the what is your why? You know, I I got I got three kids, man, and um, you know, I was I was talking this weekend with with my girlfriend, and I I think the biggest thing, you know, I I want to kind of you know, show my kids like, like there's a different way. Right. And, you know, if, if I have to stumble and make those mistakes and then tell my kids like, Hey, this is, this is like how you do something, then I think that makes it all worth it. Right. Cause if they don't have to go through that stuff, that's, that's like the benefit of having a, a dad who like, you know, stumbles and falls. Right. You know, if, if I scratch my knees or scrape my knees, then they don't have to. So it's, it's a big deal. Um, yeah, I, I would say that's, that's like what's driving me now. And really like over, over my situation, like what pulled me through it was, yeah. was definitely the kids. So. Yeah. And, and we'll, we'll get there. I'm sure. Uh, you know, I heard like an underlying three uh, theme or thread kind of cross those two words together. They're synonymous in this, in this context, but, uh, you know, I heard an underlying theme or an underlying thread of, uh, you know, paying it forward. Uh, first, you paid me a compliment saying that I paid it forward to you, right? And then, you know, your underlying theme or, you, you know, what gets you motivated or excited is to pay it forward, not only for your kids, but you wouldn't be doing this if you didn't want to pay it forward, right? So uh, that's kind of what I heard you say uh, with, with those two, um, you know, things that you had to say right off the bat. So um, that that paying it forward is is not only uh, valuable, but man, it's like, it's, it, you know, we can sometimes be self-deprecating, but it's, it's rewarding as well. Like it feels good when you're able to, uh, impart that wisdom on someone else. Right. Yeah. You know, talking about really like what you just talked about with like paying it forward and, and stuff. And this is, this is kind of diving ahead of, of kind of what we're here to talk about, but, but just last week, you know, I, I found out, um, you know, a junior sailor who, who I worked with, we, we won't, we'll skip names and stuff, right. That's mm -hmm. privacy. Um, but I, I found out he got in trouble. Right. And, and I wouldn't say like as big of trouble as, as I, I went through or, or any of those kind of issues, but like a stumble is a stumble. Right. And, and, you know, he, he did like go to NJP and stuff. And as soon as I found out, man, I, I just wanted to reach out. I just wanted to reach out and be like, Hey, you know, like, are you okay? Right. Because that headspace that you're in, man, that's a, that's, it's tough. Right. And, and, you know, when you're looking at, at, Hey, I, I screwed up. Can we swear? I'm, I yeah, can, yeah, I yeah, can yeah. keep my, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. When you're like, when you're like, Hey, I fucked up. And, and that's all that was in my head. And for, for months, I let, I let my mistake define me. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I really did. Like, legit let my mistake define me and and it wasn't until I I just kind of you know we'll talk about what pulled me out and, and stuff like that but you know when when you stop letting your mistake define you right I, I didn't want 24 hours right or whatever we said five minutes the other day but I didn't want that to define 20 years or 21 years of a military career and and that's what I talked to this this young man too and and you know what? He was, he was like so gracious. I, I think that like, I just reached out. I, I had no, 
no ulterior motives other yeah, than no I just want to make sure he was good. Right. Yeah, I just want think- to make sure he was good. I think people can sense that, right? You know, if you're coming in with any ill intention or anything other than to just be there for the other person, I think it's pretty, you don't have to be super highly intuitive to pick up on somebody who's got an ulterior motive or has an agenda or, you know, is putting even, you know, putting things out there just to get attention or likes or clickbait or whatever. Like it's, it's painfully apparent. And so, yeah, to your point that that is exactly right. You know, you, you, that's important that you say that, you know, or that, you know, we recognize that, that, you know, there is no other ulterior motive just to be an ear, you know, just, you know, I can't fix your problem, dude, but I can listen and I can ask you good questions about it uh, to help you kind of navigate your decision-making process uh, as you go through this stuff, because you have to own that decision at the end of the day. Right. Am I, you know, am I going to fight this? Am I going to stay in? Am I going to get out? Am I going to get married? Am I going to get divorced? Whatever the thing is, you know, you have to own that decision at the end of the day. All I can do is ask you really good questions that help you think through things so that you can own that decision. And when you do that, you know, that lets people know, like, dude, I, I got, I got no dog in this fight, man. I'm just here to help, you know, le- legitimately. Yeah. So, yeah. And I, I think, you know, I, I don't know if you've talked about like when you went through your stuff, but something that I've seen, you know, going through my situation, I'm, man, the world is cruel, brother. The world is like cruel and, and you know what, like everyone has chinks in their armor, right? Whether, whether we want to bring it out in public or not, like everyone has chinks in their armor and, and, you know, I I don't want to get like biblical, but like, you know, let the sinner not judge the sin. Right. And they're like, well, my mistake is my mistake. Don't, you know, you're making mistakes too. Like, let's just, let's just figure it out and, and not let it define us. But I've seen so many people just like turn their back on me and and you know it was a lesson learned like now when when somebody's going through stuff like I'm I'll, I want to be there like hey man you need something like let's talk like you know this I, I think in your uh, description you talk about like life or the world is is like an arena and it truly mm-hmm. is man you know the the more gladiators we can get in there like let's let's get at these problems and you know not letting mistakes define people so it's it's a big deal for me. Yeah, absolutely. So before we talk about, you know, the the transition you're in now, uh, you know, the couple of years of hardship that you uh, have endured, let's maybe kind of shore up this with a little bit of framework. I, I'll start in with saying, you know, extremely successful in the military, uh, rock star, hot shot, uh, very well connected, very well networked, uh, on the fast track, super on your way to wh- whatever that goal would have been, right? Uh, and that's, you know, no, no need to be over, you know, self-deprecating or humble about it. That, that is just the objective reality is that, you know, those, those things that I just said are true. Uh, and, and they were true for me as well before my incident. And like you said, you know, we've, uh, that, I've talked about that on other podcasts and other shows and it, it's not worth rehashing here, but, uh, you know, it was, it was true for me as well. And it doesn't mean that you're bragging or, you know, it's just a reality. So, uh, you know, what kind of, I guess, talk us through, uh, if, if you don't, you know, if anything's off limits there, that's fine. But, you know, so I, I know a, a, what you have shared with me about your childhood and some of those struggles there that, you know, kind of led you to the military. Uh, can we kind of go all the way back and then work up to, Ooh. yeah, well, just hit the wave tops. You know what I mean? I don't want to, uh, 
you know, we don't need to belabor each individual yeah, yeah. point, but, you know, I think it is worth sharing, as I said, as we are opening up, you know, the, the, there's the power and the vulnerability. And, um, you know, I think you'd be surprised as you share how many people have been through, I mean, I can't tell you how many people when I'm like, yeah, I was sexually abused when I was a kid. And they're like, shit, me too, but don't tell anybody. I'm like, okay, man, secret safe with me, you know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, just, uh, you know, from, from Chi town, right. From Chicago. Uh, tell us, tell us a little bit about what that, what that, you know, young Rob Reichardt was like. Yeah. I, I think, uh, man, to go all the way back, huh? Um, so born and raised South side. I mean, like you said, South side of Chicago, um, South side's like a different, you know, that's a, that's a different neighborhood, uh, than, than definitely the North side. Um, I, I don't, I don't think it was like really, really bad as far as financially goes, right. I, I was listening to this podcast with, uh, Brian Simpson, comedian, and uh, just kind of a background, he, he went from like foster care to the Marines to homeless. Now he's a comedian on Netflix, right? And I, I didn't have that, right? So when I'm looking at like my story, you know, I, I, think, I think it was a loving environment. I, I really do. I think my mother loves me. I, I think my, my stepdad loves us. Uh, we'll kind of talk maybe like he's a manly man, right? Doesn't, doesn't talk too much. And you know, just kind of, I don't know, um, did what he thought was right, raising three boys that were not his. Um, so I, I guess, you know, growing up, it was, it was like tough, man. You know, when, when I think about, you know, some of the things that, that I do, like, I don't want to say I'm OCD, but a very clean person and my, my house has to have order. So that really kind of translates to the military very good. And that's because as, as far back as I could remember it, we had chores, my, my two brothers and I. And I'm not just talking about chores like I see kids nowadays and it's like, hey, sweep the floor, take the trash out. No, bro, we were like, we were like knee deep and, you know, Sundays, it wasn't a holy day. It was like clean your house, you know, deep clean. And my hey, hey Rob, I'm going to need you to redo these breaks on the uh, Suburban here. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> Like I'm gonna need you to redo these breaks on the suburban, or you know, something, something labor intensive, right? Like something. Yeah, <clears throat> and and my stepdad would come through, bro. And I, this is not a. I gotta always clarify this because this is not a. You know, he would come through literally with the white glove, like literally, and you know, and it was like it was like tough. And I I remember you know punishments being. I mean, you we got our ass whooped. Like when I talk about ass whoopings, like you know, we, we used to wear whitey tighties and there would like, you would have like blood marks on your fucking whitey tighties or, you know, kneeling, kneeling was like a big deal. And we would like kneel on rice, bro. Like your knees would be, <laughs> your knees would uh -huh. be like tore up. So, so I, I, I say it like it was loving, but also like that was there or, you know, I, I mean, my, 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 parents I, I don't know like the reason you know and and I I think back bro we used to have chains on our refrigerator like like lock and chain you know lock the refrigerator and and like chain us to the bed and like put like a pot like a literally a fucking pot or a, a flower vase and that's where we would like 
you know, pissed or whatever. And we would be like, like chained up on the porch, um, wow. you know, and I, I laugh about it now, but you know, I mean, that's, that was like childhood. Um, and, you know, fast forward, like, I, I mean, I think that kind of stopped like around high school, right. Cause now you're like, you probably can like talk more, but I remember sometimes when I was in school, we had a pool and they would write us like doctor's notes to like, not, not go swimming, you know, on those days. Um, so I think that was life. Um, you know, gangs were around my, I think my parents would, would have kicked our asses, like literally physically, like kicked our asses. If we got into gangs, uh, I'll leave my little brother out of that conversation. Um, but we moved out of inner city Chicago when I was a junior in high school to like a suburb, but I still ended up going to my, I had one year left. So stayed in that high school. And I remember I started like working at, at like 16, very good, you know, and I, again, like when you're talking about bragging and stuff, like, you know, I worked at white castle and I was a supervisor, like a fucking, you know, at 17 years old, I'm like, you know, I'm like Lee burger flipper over here. Like, let's get some, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I started working at, at UPS and I worked both jobs. You know, I, I worked at UPS during the week and then on the weekends I would work at White Castle. And, you know, I just, I learned so much about like, Hey, these are the things like, I mean, the chores were nothing, right. I can, I can clean with the best of them. Um, so fast forward, you know, I don't know, my, my mom told me, I, I think I had just graduated or something. And, you know, it was kind of one of those, those uh, conversations like, Hey, if you don't like my rules, you can get out. I think that was on a Saturday, Monday, I show up, I'm like, Hey, I'm just here to get my stuff. And like, I moved out, I moved out, I moved in with my buddy, um, stayed with, with them for probably, probably a year. And, uh, I just, I was doing the same thing, man. I was like going to work at White Castle, not doing anything, going to work at UPS. Like that was it. That was life. Um, I mean, making good money. I became a supervisor at UPS too, you know, very quick. Um, and then, you know, I just, I'm, I was like, I'm not happy with my life. Uh, so I joined the military, you know, and, and that was, I'm not going to say I was like, you know, the, the best from day one, but I, I found the military like very easy, you know? Um, so did enlisted time, you know, graduated like academically top of my class. So <clears throat> smart, um, right. A lot of accolades like sailor of the year, uh, you know, if the, if the listeners know about like seaman to admiral, so promoted that, uh, good times, right? You're like on top of the world. Navy sends you to school, you know, so I went to college free on the Navy's book, uh, and then got commissioned. Right. And now, now like you're a leader. Um, and I mean, life was going good, bro. I, I, I like can't complain even, even two years ago. Right. So a, a Lieutenant selected for Lieutenant commander, a Lieutenant selected for early command. So I, I had everything like number one department head, uh, which is tough, right? That's like, you're, you're going against like peers who, who are like legit. And like, you know, this is now you've kind of transitioned to like people who are making it a career and and that's our livelihood. Um, so did that man. And, and two years ago, like it all came to a halt, you know? So 
I don't know if that answers like a lot of the background stuff. Um, That's good. Yeah. Wave top. So, you know, the, I think we've, we've kind of definitely painted a good picture or, you know, the beginnings of the picture of to, you know, your hero's journey, right? So the call to adventure denied the call, answered the call, you know, went and fought the dragon, got beat and then, you know, drank the elixir, came back. And so, you know, we're kind of in the, the, the hero's journey portion where, you know, there is a setback, right. Where, you know, the first battle is, is not won, Right. So, you know, what, what was that battle? Like, give us a, uh, and, you know, I'll, I'll respect your privacy and just let you tell the story, um, and, and parts that you can, uh, but walk us through, uh, and, and we'll, we'll definitely talk about the, uh, you know, the, the rainbow at the end, you know, the, the light at the end of the tunnel, uh, but let's, you know, walk us through the dark times, walk us through the, the hardship. Yeah. You know, I, I would, I would be remiss actually. I, I kind of want to backtrack a little bit before we go forward. Cause I, I think it's important, right? I, I've talked a lot. Once I kind of talked, started talking about my military career. Well, that's like awesome, right? Your military career is great. And like things are going good, but I would say like, I never, I, I never went back and really examined like my personal life, right? Mm. I just kind of, my, my personal life, I would say went to shit. Uh, I've been married twice, you know, went to shit each time with, with those marriages all because of, I, I could blame it on the woman too, but right. If I like look at Rob, you know, on Rob, right. I, I just, I wasn't doing things. Uh, it was easier for me to step out of the marriage than to invest and, and build that marriage together from within. And, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you like look at it, like, I mean, we've talked about this. We just talked about it, you know, like, right. When you go through a season, right. And that, that rain kind of comes like, you don't think about, Hey, if I could get through this rainstorm, you know, that grass or those roses are going to be, be awesome mm-hmm. in spring. Right. You just kind of, you're just, you just like, think like I'm wet. <laughs> this <sucks. laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. My, you know, once once your socks get wet, like it's hey, over, man. I'm, it's game over. I'm done with this. <laughs> yeah. So so that's kind of like how it was. I I was married to um a a woman who I went to high school with, and um you know I I didn't invest in her um you know and we ended up I I ended up not even before the, you know, and this is like being vulnerable, right? So before that, that marriage was over, like found another woman and was like, Hey, not, I I was, we weren't sleeping together, but you know, your emotional attachment is now separated. Um, so that was a big deal. And then, you know, if I fast forward, so that was through 11 years of my military career, you know, fast forward, the same thing happened to my second wife, like, you know, didn't invest in it, kind of had some issues underlying and didn't address them. So shit, I, I went somewhere else, right? I, I went to the neighbor's lawn, um, you know, cause shit, there was no rain over there. No. Um, the grass so was greener, I, I, but wasn't yeah, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and so that's, that's kind of like where I would say that I was at, um, and, and when that happened, when I left my second wife, I, I think like that's when, if I had to like really kind of pinpoint, Hey, when problems started, like that was it. Yeah. Right. Because I was already feeling 
down on myself, right, internally. Um, when I left my first wife for my second one, and and man, I tried everything, bro. I, I like tried to find Jesus, and I tried to do this and tried to do that, and and you know that all those things are like very small drops in a bucket and if you're not dealing with that leak right in your ceiling that that water is just going to keep coming you know and and that bucket's going to like like get full and eventually like that water is going to run it over mm-hmm. um so that's kind of what happened man i i um you know i didn't deal with problems from the first marriage to the second one that kind of built up then i found this new woman um and you know, you think like, oh, she's the best and she's for me. And, and really kind of like, she's, she's the answer to my problems, but you don't look at like, you know, the, the 20% solution that she's providing, like, okay. You, you you brought you into that relationship. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so that's kind of the background on the personal story. Um, and then I, I guess like we could start two years ago, right? So department head on, on board a ship. I don't know like how much we can actually like say ship's names and stuff. So I don't um, care, but yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah. help the story any. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So department <clears throat> head on a ship, big deal, right? Uh, operations officer, getting it. Like, I, I think I was pretty good. I mean, maybe somebody's going to listen to this and be like, Rob, you weren't so good, but I think I was no, good, you were good at like yeah, it's okay. handling handling the stuff. Um, and then like like let's kind of you know to set the scene right. So I was I was probably a department head probably for uh, seven months, six seven months, um, really doing the thing. And then you know life just life hit me right. I'm I'm dealing with with these issues internally. Um, about like failed marriages, right? So my personal life was kind of shit. Um, and I would say that I, I was with this this woman, we were in a relationship, um, but she wasn't a, I would tell you like when I examine it, she wasn't a, hey Rob, are you sure that's the best course for you right now? Right, she was, she was like what we would call like an enabler, right? So it was mm-hmm. like, Hey, let's let's go and get shitty on you know Tuesday night when you got work on Wednesday. And she's like, okay, let's do it. Um, right. You know, and like when you're a grown up, what what's really weird if if I could talk to like 18 year old Rob, like when you're a grown up, nobody tells you what to do, bro. It's like nuts. Even in the military, like no one's like, hey Rob, this is you know this is your schedule, right? And and if you notice, you don't see any fuck ups in that schedule, so don't fuck up. Uh, but you're a grown up, right? <laughs> you know, you're a grown up. Uh, so, you know, that that's like the, the personal life. And then, you know, right when COVID hit, man, actually, right before COVID. So dealing with the divorce with the second wife, um, relationship with the new woman wasn't, wasn't great. We had moments of greatness, but wasn't great. Um, my, so COVID, COVID kind of, we'll talk about that. That's just like very small things. Um, but I'm like moving, trying to buy a house, trying to do all this stuff. So working a full-time job, really working till like 6.30, 7 o'clock at night, trying to move. Um, the divorce is on me. 
my my like I, I didn't even talk about like some personal stuff uh, about like childhood and and like just things that I've always thought about Child, um, childhood trauma that went unresolved right yeah went, went, or know, at like, least went unaddressed <clears throat> yeah and I, I think it wasn't until I checked myself into the hospital which we'll we'll get to um, that it it really kind of came out um, I get a message from my second wife uh probably about a week before well let's let's backtrack about a month before everything happened i find out my my oldest daughter is like cutting herself right mm-hmm. so that's huge and and covid had just started so they kind of like locked down airports couldn't get to them uh it was just like weighing heavily right my 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 first wife like you know uh, again like just she calls me and it, it wasn't it was a Hey, this is what's going on, you know, and and she was just really, really a superstar with that situation. But but as a father, man, I'm I'm a thousand miles away, and I want to get back for my daughter. Um, and my daughter had kind of like not wanted to talk to me, right? I, I don't know if it was embarrassment or or what it was. Um, so daughter didn't want to talk to me, but she was like cutting herself, and she spent a few days in uh, uh, inpatient care. Uh, dealing with the divorce, like I talked about, that wasn't finalized. Girlfriend, we're having issues. The girlfriend at the time, we're supposed to be making it work, but she's like moving to Rota, Spain. So how is this like really working? Um, and then probably about a week before everything happened, my second wife gives me a message um, and is like, hey, we're going to... I'm moving to Florida. So big deal. Um, Moving to Florida. And bro, as someone who has like borderline personality disorder, that's kind of what they told me later. I didn't know this. Um, But like abandonment issues are huge, right? All the way from the time that I was, I was a kid. Um, You know, I'm, I'm like on the couch with my girlfriend one night and her phone's going off. And needless to say, like, she's she's like getting inappropriate phone calls text messages from her her commanding officer right she's in the military and bro it it like broke me right so that that night man that that broke me um you know and i i we haven't talked about it but what did i do like i resorted to to like alcohol man so i know you've had your issues like like alcohol was my it's a band-aid right it's a band-aid for a wound that's just like you know, you're, you're bleeding out and, and you think like alcohol is going to help. So I, I like got shit face, you know, I, I don't even, to be honest, I, I stopped remembering the night when it happened, you know, and, and, and I mean, now I could speak frankly, but like I had guns in the house and picked up a gun and, you know, whatever, tried to, to, you know, do myself in and, and in the process also the, the girlfriends in the house. So, you know, now that adds another layer to, to like a bad situation. Um, yeah, man. And it, it like, that was how I spent, you know, I guess a little bit over two years ago now. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's what kind of happened that night. Yeah, man. So there's a lot there. There's a lot to, you know, pull apart. So the, uh, the initial thing would be, you know, the unresolved issues, and then the continued behavior that, um, you know, you just hadn't addressed, right. You mentioned alcohol, but also maybe 
relationship choices and coping mechanisms uh, that kind of led you to the point <clears throat> where, you know, you were looking for a way out, which first was alcohol, but then when alcohol didn't work, you know, it was suicide. Right. And yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, I have my own thoughts on, you know, I've had suicidal ideations in the past as well. And I have my own thoughts on, on as to why folks get suicidal ideations, but I, I think it has a whole lot to do with a loss of hope, right? Like you've just, you've, you've been beating this drum for so long. You've been battling so hard. You've been trying and nothing seems to work, right? There's no, you know, it's not getting better at every turn. Uh, like for me, I, I kind of describe it like at every turn, it was just more bad news, more bad news, more bad news, more of the same, more pain, more suffering, more, you know, shots to the head. Right. And so for me, it was definitely like alcohol and fighting. Uh, <clears throat> but I think eventually that, you know, you get to a point where you're just tired, you know, you're just tired of battling. You've given up hope. Um, what would be, I guess, your two-part question, you know, what would be your thoughts on what, what got you there specifically? I mean, not, I mean, or maybe not specifically, but just generally speaking, you know, what gets folks to those suicidal ideations? And then what is the antidote? You know, what is the antidote to that chaos? Yeah, man, that's, that's good. I, I wish I, I like really wish I knew I, I do. I, I think, you know, I, I didn't know this until later, but, but when we talk about suicidal ideations, right. And, and I, I, I don't want to come from it from a, not a veteran standpoint, but just in general, um, suicidal ideations, man, I, I've, I've had those from as, as long as I can remember. I think I told you this story, but my grandmother, you know, as, as long as I can remember, I was probably like six, seven years old. You know, I, I didn't have a dad there. Or, you know, my stepdad, we call him by his name. We don't call him dad, right? Um, although he's been around since I was probably like two or three years old. And I, we're at a party and I asked my grandmother, my actual grandmother, you know, on my, on my dad's side, I said, hey, you know, where's my dad at? And my grandma's response is like, oh, no one's told you like, well, your, your dad like killed himself because of you. And bro, that's like, it, yeah, yeah, man. And it, it, it like fucks with you for like years, you know? And again, like when you're unpacking this stuff, you know, years later, right. It it took a therapist still talking to, to a therapist. I, I, I would say like thoughts on how you get there is something has to, to create that box, right? When you're thinking about like your checklist of how you deal with the problem, something has to create that box that that kind of gives you that. Um, meaning like, think about it like on a job application, like something's like grayed out, right? So I don't think that suicide is there for everybody, but if you've had past experience or know somebody or something like, something has to create that, Hey, this is a, this is a way out. Yeah. It's an option. option. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I don't think that there's any way to get around that. Right. And like, when we talk to my daughter, she's, she's like, Hey, they're teaching us in school. Right. About, about suicide and why not, not, Hey, this is how you do it. But like, when in school is that like brought up, like what the, you know, so it became a, thing an antidote for it man that's i think 
Jeff, I don't want to like book another show, but I, I think that's another show, man, to talk about like the antidote for, for suicide. Like I obviously don't have it right. And there's people way smarter than Rob and Jeff. Um, but for me, it was like really kind of not being defined by my mistake. And I, I think when we talk about like net positive in our life, like kind of removing the the net negatives out of my mm-hmm. life and, and, and investing more times and things that gave me more positive. Right. And mm-hmm. um, I really think like what got me out of it was, was saying like, Hey, what, what makes you happy? Like, you know, I was going through a lot of shit and just saying like, Hey, what makes you happy? Um, and I, I, I like turned myself in. I, I self-admitted to, to Portsmouth hospital and you know what, what that did there. And I'm, I'm not saying everybody should do that, but like that took the, the pack of, of problems, of issues, of, of depression, of just getting mental. It out. Yeah. 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 It's huge. <clears throat> and and I, I think, you know, men, like we are the, we're the worst, man. I, I think everyone says, just like you would tell me, Hey, Rob, you got a problem. Like come to me. Right. Okay, cool. Let's do it. I have a problem. Am I going to Jeff? You know, it's, yeah. it's like tough, right? You, you have too much like masculinity or ma- that mask, pride or that mask of masculinity. Yeah. Hey, that- yeah. That's a lot to unpack. Uh, let's take a break real quick and we'll come right back. Okay. Yeah, cool. So yeah, I talk a lot about that mask and masculinity and, you know, the getting help. And I think one thing that really helped me was this idea that I deserve love, right? I deserve to be loved. Uh, nothing in my past, you know, you say your mistakes define you, uh, or, or don't define you, excuse me. Uh, and I would say something on the same same vein, I'd say, you know, that's what you did. It's not who you are, right? Uh, being sexually abused as a kid does not mean that, you know, you're disgusting or that it was your fault. I mean, for me, I was, you know, I was five years old. Like, what was I going to do? Fight this guy off? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, you know, you're so young and impressionable and, uh, you know, the just other things in my life, you know, that, that happened to me, uh, you know, there, things are cliche for a reason, you know, things happen for you, not to you, but it's hard to see that when you're 10 years old, 11 years old, or even just not emotionally intelligent. Right. And you've grown up in this environment of being rewarded by the military, uh, industrial complex that, you know, just teaches us, Oh, oh, you have OCD. Congratulations. Now you're, now you're the dude, man, because you're good at checklists and you're good at, you know, folding your skibbies in boot camp, and you're good at, uh, you know, making shit happen, you know, Oh, you've been in stressful environments and, you know, you've seen violence. Well, guess what? We'll, we'll throw you in this, you know, operational uh, thing where, you know, the threshold, your threshold's probably just a little bit higher because you're used to it, right? You've been ingrained in that. And I don't have the antidote either. It's probably different for everyone, which requires a lot. But what I can say is definitely all the resources are worth reaching out for, but therapy helped to, to a limited degree for me. Uh, it was at some point just the clicking of understanding that I deserve to be loved, right? That I was a valuable human worthy of someone else loving me, right? And when you've never felt love or you've never felt like you were loved, it's it's a really hard concept to grasp. I mean, you could say that like, hey, I love you, man. Love you, love you, sis. Love you, love you, mom. Love you, dad. But, you know, to really fully embody that emotion, 
uh, which is the most powerful emotion, right? And so when you lose hope and you lose love, there's not a lot to stick around for, you know? So those, I mean, just, you didn't ask me, this didn't, you know, it's not the Jeff Bayless interview, but, uh, you know, I, I would just add that because it is important. I think that a lot of people walk around thinking they have to be something. Well, you're not what you do. You are who you are. And that, that's positive or negative. And I don't care how badass of an operations officer you were. I, I mean, I appreciate that, but that has nothing to do with our conversations today, does it? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. You know, that, I mean, we might talk about military a little bit, but mostly we talk about life, you know, and I, I, I know that, you know, people are into sports and weather and news and all of that. And I, you know, I follow that stuff loosely too, but you know, that's not what I love to have conversations about. That's not where my heart is. My heart is in getting to know who you are. Right. And I think that if more people got to know each other on a, you know, on a, on a level of, you know, who they are, not what they do, uh, boy, we, I think we just have a lot less people even contemplating suicide. Um, so yeah, sorry, I went on a, a diatribe there, but so you, um, <clears throat> check yourself in, what was this? Did you, did you fear like stigma from checking yourself into the hospital? I mean, here you are, you're basically the number three guy on the ship, right. And you're going to get mental health help. Uh, you know, what, what, what did, what was that like? You know, did you fear the stigma? Was it, was it beneficial? Yeah. Uh, so two, you asked two questions there. Was it beneficial? Absolutely. I, I, I truly believe that, that it, it was right. Because it, it kind of, for me, and I, I can only speak for Rob, right. I, I've seen other people there dealing with you know, brother, like one thing that helped me get, get moving forward was, was just saying like, man, anybody would love, or not anybody, but somebody would love to walk in Rob's shoes. Right. Um, so, you know, we may think like, oh, this journey is hard, but, but there's, there's a hundred motherfuckers out there that would love to walk in my shoes. Um, sure. so, <clears throat> but for me, personally what it what it really did man was all these thoughts man i i used to i i know this this may sound weird or or whatever but we talked about vulnerability right so being being completely vulnerable man i i've thought about suicide so many times in my life that it was kind of it was it was really like like uh like embarrassing right i, I can't think of any other way other than to say like I never told anybody about it. I think I told my uncle um, and, and he was kind of it. And that was, that was like it, man. I, and when I went and I checked myself in, not only did I have to tell him that, Hey, I, I, you know, tried to do this, but also like, I've been thinking about this. Like, this isn't, this isn't like, it's not. I, I just had the, yeah, I had the catalyst of, of this event, but I've been thinking about it, you know, through marriages and through childhood and man, it was just like, it's funny. It was uh, like a weight. It's well, it's not funny, but it's, it's interesting that you say that because uh, that's probably something to flag there, you know, for the listener that has had suicidal ideations. I think that is important. Like it probably was some underlying thread for a while, you know, it, it's when things bubble up or like you use the the bucket analogy or that, you know, a lot of people use the balloon analogy for like PTSD when the balloon fills up, you know, it either bursts or you got to let the liquid out. Right. Uh, but my mother gave me a journal that I wrote <clears throat> in fourth grade for school, man. Like my teacher read this journal. It was like something we had to do, like a journaling exercise in English class. Right. 
And I wrote something in the journal, like, maybe I'll just kill myself. Ha ha ha. Just kidding. Like what kind of 10 year old kids writes, you know, I'm going to kill myself. Right. This was in, you know, I was 10 in 1991. So suicide uh, awareness was not a prevalent thing. Right. So for uh, just to, to maybe just echo or bullhorn what you said there, you know, it's, it's been around uh, in, in my first marriage that failed. You know, I, I really love that woman. I mean, I call her my starter wife jokingly, but that's not fair to her or me in that, that age of my life. I was just young and we were both dumb and, you know, didn't have the emotional intelligence to, to get there. But I remember after we ended, you know, I mean, I remember sitting in the, uh, in, in the guest room with a shotgun in my lap, you know, thinking like, man, you know, this woman broke my heart and, you know, I just don't feel like anybody loves me. Right. And, uh, so I, yeah, I, I just wanted to kind of echo or, you know, maybe put an exclamation point on what you said there. Like there are a lot of people that have probably probably been battling suicidal ideations for a very long time before it gets to the point where they either take their lives because they've completely lost hope or they get the help they need. Right. So I would just kind of throw that out there to, uh, well you, but the listener as well, you know, reach for that lifeline. You know, there are people that will, you know, who they are too. Like, you know, there are people that won't judge you that, uh, you know, you, you can share this with, or, you know, maybe even just something to distract you. Right. They say this a lot with, uh, like diet and exercise, you know, it's, it's really just hold on for five more minutes, you know, <laughs> like don't, yeah, think, yeah. don't think about five years from now. Don't think about, you know, the, you know, the meal you're going to eat or, you know, the sex you're going to have, like, just, just, just give it five more minutes and then five more minutes after that. And then five more minutes after that. And eventually you've strung along, you know, hours and hours to where you, you were able to, you know, get the help you needed. Um, so you go check in, uh, you know, go through the process of onboarding. I'm sure. Uh, did you, did you do inpatient? You were there for a while. Yeah, I was there for about about five days, man, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. um, and I, I think like in between in between the suicide attempt and checking myself in, I, we were underway, right? My ship was underway for about two and a half, three weeks, um, bro. And that was like that was like tough, right? When you're like sitting on a bench or sitting on a bit, right? Uh, and you're just like looking at the water and you're like, fuck, like man, I could jump in and, you know, just be done with it too. Right. It, it would just, it, now it had, it had moved so much from like an ideation to, to like, Hey, how am I going to, how am I going to make this happen? Right. Because, yeah. you know, I, I think like when, when all of that happened, you know, you just, I, I don't think that men uh, are prepared to feel like failures. Right. I, I just mm. think like something there's like something in us. that like, I don't know, at least I can only speak for me. But like if someone if someone like wanted to get to me, you know, it's like, hey, Rob, you're a failure. Right. And at, at well, that the moment, ego. yeah, it's. The yeah. Ego. Mm -hmm. At that moment, I just, you know, all these unresolved issues, you know, just, you know, sandwiched together, you know, and now you got to eat this fucking failure sandwich. Uh, it just, it hit me hard, man. So I, I did five days, um, really, I, I don't want to say really good. I, I think it, it took the backpack off, right. Mm -hmm. The, the, let's say suicide backpack, if that's what we're, we're kind of calling it. I don't think that it helped me unpack 
that backpack, but I think it took me off or it took like took that weight off my shoulders. Um, and now, man, I, I've, you know, I've been, you know, two years or so, you know, unpacking that backpack, not, not there yet. Um, but every day it gets better and better. Right. You know, I don't want to get too much into the legal stuff, but as you're, you know, you're talking through, uh, I mean, just five minutes, dude, just very, very wave top. Cause it's honestly, unless you're in the Navy, uh, and understand all these acronyms and what the process is, but just wave top. I think it is important because it happened to me that, you know, people thought nothing was happening to me, right? Like they, that there was no, uh, I didn't get punished. Right. Especially when you're an officer yeah. and they're yeah, like junior yeah. sailors, the junior sailors are like, this guy just, you know, got away with this shit, you know, and that's not what happens. Um, so, you know, I want to protect your peace a little bit and your privacy as well. And, and honestly, it's, for, for my listeners, it's probably not super important, all of the intricate details, but, you know, there was a legal process as well. Right. So give us, give us just, you know, cliff notes on that, if you don't mind. Yeah. So fast forward, uh, you know, all this stuff happened in, in June or whatever, right. I, June 11th, you know, I, I mean, there there's days in your life that you will always remember, uh, June yep. 11th. It, it, it's for me, right. It's, it's the day that, you know, I, I fucking like, you know, it, it could have been the right, right now I have June 16th. That's my birthday. And then a dash on my, on my headstone, right. That, that other date could have been June 11th. Um, but by the grace of somebody, like it didn't happen. Um, so that happened in June, checked myself in uh, right around the end of June. Fast forward, I think it's like September, October now, and I get a notification, you know, look, I'll leave out like, right, this is just what happened to me, right? So who gives a shit about the girlfriend and the seal and all that like Mm -hmm. yeah um but they give me notification that hey ncis wants to talk to me go talk to them um oh you muted out bro oh there you go you're good now um yeah that's that's nuts when you talk to ncis and you know that's like investigation so Mm -hmm. Did that, and I I was like, you know, my people told me like, don't talk to them without a lawyer. Um, I I just went in and I said, hey, like, yeah, did I did I fuck up that night? Like, yep, I put a gun to my head, you know. And and also, I should say, the weeks afterwards, my then girlfriend was like, hey, you pointed the gun at me too, right? So even when I checked myself into the hospital. You know, I'm like telling them like, hey, I wanted to kill myself. I also pointed it at her like just just like flooding with emotions of like what what could have happened that didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and NTIS does an investigation. They give it to the legal service, blah, 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 blah. Well, now like charges can be filed against me. So they they were filed against me. Not can be, but they were <laughs> filed against me. Um, I don't, I don't know the, the actual specifications or articles, uh, to be very honest, it's whatever. Um, but I end up, you know, I think something that the military is like great for is right. If I I think something that's really been ingrained in me is like, if you fuck up, like you, you're like, Hey, I fucked up. Right. So 
um, go to, um, you know, the legal services and whatever. And, and I'm like, Hey, I fucked up. Right. My lawyer's like, Hey, my, my client wants to say that he screwed up, fucked this up. Um, and I end up, you know, going to court martial, which is a a big deal, right. For, for non-military, like think about fucking TV, like court martials, they're not, they're not small. Like it's a, it's a big flipping deal. Um, do that. And I, I take a plea. So I do take a plea, uh, to assault, right. Assault's very easy to prove. Um, at least that's, you know, my, my thing is like, could you, could you harm? And did you like, could you harm and were they in proximity or I don't like whatever. Um, but I, I get charged with a simple assault with, uh, a deadly weapon or something. And, um, man, it, it just, that, that kind of like ended my career, you know, it just, yeah. Yeah. So been dealing with that, a couple things left, you know, not, not over completely, but just dealing with that. And it, it, to be honest, man, it all stemmed from, you know, unresolved issues that I just, I couldn't like, I couldn't man up and and take care of them like internally. And they kind of, again, we talked about the bucket or the balloon, but you know, when, when you're kind of shoving stuff down and, and you're like, you know, throwing more water, more water, like eventually like that balloon, it's going to pop that bucket's going to overflow. Yeah. And your bucket may be 55 gallon drum and mine may be five gallon, but either way, when it's full, it's full. Right. So, you know, I think that's, that's relevant for, uh, any anyone tuning in you know like don't don't mistake don't just say well rob had all these things going on i didn't have any of that all i had was x y or z right or jeff you know was uh sexually abused or uh you know grew up in a violent neighborhood or you know had had abandonment issues like you talked about or you know whatever those it doesn't matter like don't compare yourself to someone else and say you know, his issues are worse than mine. It doesn't work that way. Whatever your bucket is, that's your bucket. When it's over, you're either going to get PTSD, depression, anxiety. Uh, you know, you're going to develop some coping mechanism, drugs, alcohol, sex, gambling. Uh, and then when that, when that well runs dry, when those things aren't helping you anymore, that's when the suicidal ideations become a little more, uh, less of a, uh, person in the corner of the room, but somebody that's screaming at you at the top of your lungs, uh, you know, because you haven't found a way to uh, effectively, you know, cope with those things. So I, I appreciate you sharing that, man, because uh, I think a lot of people try to compare themselves to someone else. And uh, the only version, you know, it's cliche for a reason, but you, know, you should only compare yourself to the to the earlier version of yourself. And I don't mean in your accomplishments, I mean, in how you're growing emotionally. So, yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't want to like, I, I, again, just like, sayings that you hear that really stick with you but like I I don't compete with with anybody else right especially now right when you know now I like I talked about the chinks in the armor right like maybe I walk through life thinking like oh I'm I I never I don't think I'm the type of person that ever said I'm better than somebody but like I I didn't have a way to relate to somebody who right. I kind of like shunned away from my childhood and all of that. So I couldn't relate to if, if Jeff would have told me your, like, if you would have told me your story before I had a story, right. I couldn't relate to it. Right. I would have just been like, ah, okay. And I I think what I'm, 
Rob is not comparing himself to anybody other than who Rob was two years ago, three years ago. And brother, I'll tell you, like, I know for a fact, I am, I am leaps and bounds better than that guy. Um, yeah. You know, and I think if, that's if a, you, that's a, that's a positive message for someone that's going through something right now, right. On the other side of that adversity, because the obstacle is the way, right. The impediment to action advances action. What stands in the way becomes a way. The obstacle is the way. And so whatever that hardship you're going through on the other side of that, I, mean, I, I was an asshole before I went through all my stuff. You know what I mean? I was cocky, you know, like my ego is out of control. You know, I was not tuned into people. I was tuned into things and, you know, working out seven hours a day and, you know, just, um, I think that that's a good lesson too. You know, like you're a better version of yourself now, the better version of yourself than you would have been had you not gone through everything you went through. Right. But you just got to hold on. You just got to hold on through that. You know, you got to hold fast right through that, through that hardship so that you can reap the benefit of the other side. Yeah. And, you know, um, just to kind of like, again, another kind of, I I think like sayings get me through stuff. Um, And we talked about her, you know, Brene Brown. Oh, that's Um, my girl, man. (laughs) Man, bro. You know, well, actually here, we're talking about vulnerability, which she goes, she goes hard into vulnerability. Um, but she also talks about uh, a lot of like, like her story and, and right, like something that she, she says is like, you either walk inside your story and like you own it or you walk outside your story and now you have to like hustle for your worthiness. Uh, yeah. And it, that's, that's huge, man. Like I, I don't, again, I'm not, I'm not telling anybody, just like we talked about, I don't want my kids to go through my story. Right. Like, right. I, I want to own it. And I want them to know, like, man, like just deal with stuff and talk to people and, you know, like be vulnerable and, and make mistakes. But when you make mistakes, like there's a difference between lessons observed and lessons learned. Right. Yeah. Hey, man, look at, you know, like, and I'm just, again, we talked about this, right. A mistake that you don't learn from, like, that's nothing, man. That's, that's a mistake. It's going to stay a mistake. Right. When I talk about what happened to me, like it's a lesson learned, man. I, I I will tell you, I've learned so much about relationships, about myself, um, you know, how to deal with people. Right. I, I just had a whole bunch of people in my life that to be honest, when times got hard, bro, man, they're not, I I haven't talked to some people for years, Yeah. you know? So, you know, I'm not saying, you know, we're all alone, but at some point, like, you know, stop looking for, you know, reasons to be sad and, and, you know, find out what makes you happy. Like, you know? Mm. Yeah. Speaking of circling back to Brene Brown, uh, I just picked up uh, Atlas of the Heart, her latest book, and I've read, literally I've read all her books. So uh, I totally agree with you on that. So anybody listening, uh, Dare to Lead, um, uh, the uh, Power of Vulnerability, just a lot, of, a lot of good stuff out there from Brene Brown, especially for us macho dudes that pound our chest all day, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's good to, you know, eat some humble pie every once in a while and learn that, you know, the world doesn't revolve around us and maybe, you know, the, these people can teach us something. So, um, well, cool, man. I don't, I don't want to cut it too short, but also don't want to, uh, sir, you know, just kind of talk in circles, but, uh, you know, just want to take a second, you know, to, what's next, you know, like what's the future hold for Rob, you know, you're retiring, 
Uh, you've got all these lessons learned. You've done all this emotional growth. You know, you've, you've gone so, so far just since I've known you. Uh, so what, what does the next chapter look like? What's the future? Yeah, good, good question, man. I, I think like, ooh, what does the next chapter look like? Um, you know, definitely like we, we talked about, you know, where I was heading, right? And, and in the court martial, like it says like no punishment, right? So that's, that's a, a, you know, inaccurate statement that it was like no punishment, right? You know, Rob's plan was, was to, I don't know, stay in the Navy until they like, I, I wanted to ride this thing until the wheels fell off. Well, actually, Familiar I can't story. say that because the wheels did fall off. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's funny now. That wouldn't have been funny a couple of years yeah, ago. Yeah, it was not funny two, two years ago. Um, but man, I, I think like what's next? Again, like we talked about lessons learned, bro. Like, you know, paying it forward. Um, you know, now I'm like, I'm really like looking at veteran groups, um, you know, planning on moving back to Chicago, um, getting a job there, uh, definitely, you know, looking at veteran groups, like I, I just said, and just kind of like, again, like paying it forward. And, and I, I think bro, like, you know, again, I, I can't underestimate like, you know, to, to say like, Hey, it's a lesson learned, man. And, and that mistake is not, not the definition of, of you. Um, so, you know, I, I mean, I, I hope that, you know, maybe someone's like going through something and they're like, Oh shit, let me listen to Jeff Bayless and, you know, how to be resilient. And, and, you know, they hear like, man, I, I was, I was there too. Right. Just like, just like you at all of us, like hit that, that point where it's just like too much, but then it's kind of like, you know, hey, is 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 this problem like an issue or an opportunity for growth? Right. That's uh, from um, what's his name? E.T., uh, great motivational speaker. Uh, and, and that's kind of like what I look at it now is is all of these things are an opportunity. Right. Like if if I didn't get into trouble, like, man, now I'm staying in the military until whenever. And like, I, I love the military. That's, that's not what I'm saying, but now this is an opportunity to, to take this message somewhere else. Um, to, and it, and to it take forced like, you, it forced you to do the shadow work. Uh, right. And I, I would encourage someone to just Google shadow work to see what that means. I won't over explain here, but yeah, to do the shadow work, and, and exercise those demons. Right. And it's, it's not that those demons go away. You just, Hey, I know who you are, demon, you know, <laughs> like go, yeah. go sit in your corner over there. Uh, you know, you don't get to, you don't get to drive this ship. Right. Um, so that, that was another, Bro, not we, to interrupt. I'm sorry, but yeah, we just um, talked about that. Right. That was our dinner conversation. Like, you know, yeah. I, I mean, just, Hey, take, take all these opportunities, right? When you're, when your girlfriend breaks up with you, like that's an opportunity to find someone else. Like yep. now, you know what you want when, when like, you know, again, they, they, there's just so many problems that we deal with on a daily basis. You get fired, right? I, I got fired too. Like basically the Navy fired me, right? You know, my yeah, girl, I'd be in the Navy right now. Still struggling. Yeah, My girlfriend you know? broke up with me. Like those I, I think, you know, old Rob would have been like, woe is me. And and I mean, I come from a different perspective, just like you, like, it was like, shut up and deal with it. Right. Mm -hmm. That was like, you know, but now I'm like, man, this is an opportunity. So, you know, I'm, I'm like, 
I, I would tell you what's what's left. I, I just had this discussion and I think we talked about it. Maybe it was my girlfriend and I. Um, man, look at I, I just think about I'm I'm not even 40 years old, bro. Life expectancy for a male now is like right around 80 years old. I'm I'm only halfway done, man. Not you even, know, and bro. it's like you, you look at what I exercise. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna blast through that, but go ahead. Yeah, look at what I've achieved in, in 39 years, you know, almost 40. I don't want to lie to anyone on the podcast, right? Like, look at what I've achieved. And now, like, my my goal for for tomorrow is that, hey, the the next 40 is, like, even better, right? Because I've, I've learned all these lessons, man. I, I can't, like, underemphasize that. Like, I've just, I've learned all these lessons. I'm looking forward to it. Um, and they're opportunities, bro. They're opportunities for growth, right? I, I don't, I, I don't want my mistakes to ever define me. Um, right. And if somebody could learn, especially like my family, my friends, right. If they could learn from like Rob's stupid mistakes, like let's get it. Like, let's, let's just be better, you know, tomorrow. So. And I'm, I'm actually going through my library here. I'm trying to figure or remind Damn, I hate it when that happens, when there's like a book right on the, the edge of my my tongue here, and I can't remember what it was. But anyway, it was about uh, second lives, you know, how you have a half-life and then you have a second life. And that's exactly what you're talking about. It's like the second life, you know, you'll be a, a 2.0 version in the in the, in the the second half. But, I, you know, again, I think you got, got a little more than 40 in you, man. So um, <laughs> although I'm, I'm more handsome, you know, you, you, you definitely have probably a couple more years than me. But we'll see. Hey, brother, it's it's all good. It's all good. I mean, you I don't know that you look like I mean, you're older than me, Jeff, and I don't know that you look like you're 40. <laughs> yeah, I get that a lot. Of people are like, you retired from the Navy? What did you get medically retired? I'm like, no, dude, I did 20 years. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, those boyish, boyish good looks, man. Yeah, it's good genes, I guess. I certainly in for a lack of stress, right? Um, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Well, cool, man. Uh, as we close again, I just want to acknowledge you not not for your accolades or accomplishments because we can all you know read your resume and figure that stuff out. Uh, I appreciate your friendship. Uh, I appreciate our conversations. Uh, I am certainly going to miss you when you move to Chicago, but we'll figure. You know, I need to come up there and run Chicago Marathon anyway. So, um, but uh, on top of that, man, just you know, I'm so proud of you for all of the personal growth. Uh, the way you've approached this uh, entire situation. And then, you know, geez, man, I could be proud of you for that, but to come on here and, and pay it forward for other people and, uh, you know, just everything you're doing uh, and, and things that I know you're going to continue to do. I just want to take a second to acknowledge you. Uh, no, no reciprocation required. I'm just letting you know, I'm just putting it out there, man. You're a good human. I love you, bro. And I, I appreciate you. So thank you for coming on and, uh, and sharing your story. Yeah, easy day. I think, you know, when as we wrap this up, Jeff, and you could probably say something right after me or something, but, you know, in your podcast, it talks about like life's life is uh, an arena, right? You know, one thing that that I would say, just like, right, you're you're a brother, right, a, a fellow gladiator, right? And, and we're in this together, man. Like, I, I think, you know, just because someone makes a mistake or has a lesson learned, like, you know, like that's, that's the time to like pick them up and like dust them off. And I mean, that's what you've done to me. Um, and I, I just look forward to, to reciprocating that, you know, time and time again um, with somebody else, man. So, so thank you just for, for being that fucking fellow gladiator in the, the uh, arena that we call life. 
You gave me goosebumps, man. I appreciate it. All right. Closing. Uh, so uh, I ask everybody this question. It's, you know, you can be as long or short with it as you want, but, uh, you know, one of the lessons I learned in life was I focused so much, like I think probably you did, you know, on your reputation, your accomplishments, your accolades, so that, you know, that your legacy would be something that people would be like, man, Rob was, you know, he was the best naval officer to ever grace, you know, the Navy, right. Or the, the, the warships. And, uh, you know, because of that, you know, I think I failed in sometimes to, uh, really shore up that reputation with character and value system. And I've learned the hard way that had I just tried to be a good dude first, right. Just worried about my character, my virtues, my value system. Had I had only worried about that first, uh, my reputation and legacy, would happen autonomously without effort. You would not have to do anything. You would not have to worry about your reputation because it would take care of itself if you're just doing good shit every day. Uh, so the question is, Rob, you know, how would you hope others describe your character? How would you describe your character? And what do you do to make sure that that, you know, that that is true and that that is a, a true uh, definition of Rob and, and his character? Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, deep question. Um, you know, man, I, I, I had people under me, right. Whether it's chiefs who've been in the Navy for, you know, 20 plus years or whatever. And, and junior, uh, junior officers, you know, maybe they've been in, you know, I don't know, four or five years or even less, you know, I, I think like if, if anybody like could describe Rob, man, um, you know, I, I think there's like, there's like a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it. And then I always tell people like, and then there's Rob's way, right? That doesn't mean it's right. That doesn't mean it's wrong. That's just how like, I'm going to do it. Right. I'm not saying that, that this is like how I want to ever characterize my, my military service. Um, but I, I think it's just something who, you know, like, Hey, his character is, is that of like, you know, going out like very humble. Right. And when I say very humble, I mean, like, you know, Hey, it happened, man. Right. Hey, I, I raised my hand and said, yep, I, I did it. Um, you know, and at the end of the day, like judge me, if you, if you like see fit, you know, I, I just, everyone has chinks in their armor, right. My, my character is that of, Hey, when I, when I fuck up, like I'm, I'm going to own up to it. Right. I'm going to own up to it. You know, I'm going to, uh, it's a military term, but I'm going to pee bed the shit out of that situation. And <laughs> yeah, pee yeah, bed, you know, and, and in that debrief, right. I'm going to, I'm going to debrief myself and, and kind of tell, tell me like where I, where I fucked up. Right. And, you know, I, I think the, I, I think people fail when they're not honest with themselves, man. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I really believe that. You know, and, and I mean, I think that's my character to just kind of, hey, fess up when I, I have a mistake and, you know, debrief it to myself. And and now it's like a lesson learned, bro. And and like, you know, I, I, to go back, you know, kind of full circle, you know, I mean, I haven't, I, I used to like have a bar in my house, you know, with, I don't know, probably, I don't know, 60, 70 bottles of of whatever, right? You wanted something like I had it now, man, I, I don't, I don't keep that stuff in my house. Not because, I mean, I, I still drink beer, right? But I, I'm, you know, now it's it's like that three, two, one rule, right? Like now it's like in my head where I'm like, hey, man, like I, I want to feel, I want to feel the pain, right? And I, I know that may sound weird, but you you said it, man. You said it. If, if you don't, if you don't take that pain and go through it, 
bro, you're not, you're not coming out better on the other end. Right. And that's, yeah, you gotta, that's you like gotta my process. problem with alcohol is that, yeah. that it's, it's subduing that pain. Right. And it's not allowing you to go through it. So, you know, the pain isn't, you're, you're still fucking getting wet, right? When you're walking from lawn to lawn, you're still getting wet, man. You just, you're not thinking about those soggy fucking socks anymore, <laughs> but you're, you're still getting wet, bro. Yeah. And, and the, the alcohol, like, I don't want to, I, I, I've always told people like, I love being in control, right? It's like the alpha in you. And un- unfortunately, military, like, hey guys, fucking, like yeah. public statement announcement, like that alcohol that you're like seeking, like, it's not, you're not in control anymore, bro. And like that, that was big for me, like really kind of like looking inside and saying, Hey, you know, okay, you fucked up. Like, every, every issue that I've always had in life, like in life is because of alcohol, man. And, and man, I cut it out, you know, I don't know, not, not two years ago, but I cut it out when I was like going through some shit and now like, bro, yeah, life sucks, bro. Life, like, yes, <laughs> life is suffering. But, the Buddha said it for a reason. Yeah. But now I'm like, I'm going through it and I'm like, I'm learning and I'm like, I'm looking at at each event as like, oh, okay, how can I make that better? I'm, I'm, I'm in a relationship now and, and man, it's going great. And I'm, I'm not, yeah. Am I fucking up? Like, yeah, Rob's a knucklehead. And like, you know, hopefully she, she doesn't hear this and she's like, oh, right. Like, yeah, I'm trying to like show her how special she is and how much she means to me. But like, sometimes I screw up. Right. But I can tell you that it's not because of lack of trying or I'm like numb to her feelings because I'm like drunk all the time. Right. So that's yeah. what I would say. Like, you know, get mm-hmm. that shit out of your life, you know, really kind of pee bed your, you know, in inside of you and like look inside of you. Uh, and then like, I mean, now it's, it's those mistakes that, that you're letting define you or, or those mistakes that you've made, like, yeah, think about them, look at them and uh, you know, make them like lessons learned. And then, you know, I don't know. I'm, I, I look forward to tomorrow now. I, I used to not, but now I like look forward to tomorrow because That's I awesome. every day I know I'm getting better. That's awesome, man. Yeah, it's uh, it's a process for sure. So again, Rob, thank you, man. I appreciate you. Uh, I'm sure we will chat real soon. Yeah, brother. I appreciate you, man. Thanks. Right. Thanks for having me on this. I, I really do appreciate it. It's good just to talk. Yeah, absolutely. Just two boys on the back porch, right? Yeah, brother. Bye, man. man. I'll talk with you. There you have it. There's another another great episode from an amazing human being that I'm uh, just grateful to be able to communicate with on a regular basis because we we pick each other's brains back and forth. And, you know, that's, that's really helpful. And I hope that you have someone like that in your life that challenges you to consider things in a different perspective. Uh, that's that's super helpful having those accountability friends you know i i think rob gave me a little too much credit on on how helpful i was uh you know i I simply was there for him to listen but uh you know certainly he did all the work to uh, bounce back from him from his situation and 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 help himself uh, rebound such a remarkable way Uh, so just super proud of rob rob when you listen to this buddy hey man Really appreciate you sharing and vulnerability. And for the listener, uh, to circle back to the initial question, you know, and, and maybe one of the greatest takeaways, you know, Rob talked a lot about, you know, it's not about making mistakes. It's about, you know, not making them again, you know, learning from the mistakes. Right. And then, 
you know, as he is uh, attempting to do. Uh, it doesn't always land on everyone, like the same with this project, but, you know, uh, he's trying to pay it forward, you know. He's trying to, uh, in sharing and vulnerability, and we talked about Brene Brown, um, strongly recommend that, that book as a resource, you know, The Power of Vulnerability, but like he discussed, you know, it's not, uh, you're not your actions, it's not what you did, it's, you know, it's, it's how you bounce back, and he brought up several times, you know, how, <laughs> you know, being in the arena, you know, I, I say it uh, a little differently, but, you know, same, same concept, you know, nobody gets to choose whether we participate in life or not, we're all, unless, you know, uh, unless you uh, make the only finite, or, you know, permanent uh, decision possible, which is, uh, following through with, you know, God forbid, following through with uh, committing suicide. Um, so we're all in the arena and, uh, you know, we're all in here together and we just need to love each other and help each other out uh, because life is hard. You know, it's going to throw you challenges. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's not those challenges. It's not those mistakes. It's how you bounce back. It's how you bring people with you when you did bounce back. And so uh, I, I would also say, <clears throat> you know, if you are having... Uh, some mental health issues. If you are uh, contemplating suicide, you can utilize me as a resource. Uh, I am not a mental health professional, but uh, I have been there as well. Uh, so, you know, reach out to me, Jeff Bayless underscore flow dot uh, page forward slash Jeff Bayless underscore, uh, you know, or, you know, just just reach out, man. Uh, it's it's really uh, it seems like in times things are unsurmountable. But when you gather a few memories, uh, five, six years down the road, I think most of us that have endured some uh, extreme level of hardship uh, would look at that, uh, you know, a few years down the road and say, man, you know, that was hard at the time, but there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And uh, believe it or not, I'm, I'm glad I've gone through that because it makes you the human that you are today. And you are loved. You are worthy of love. Uh, and uh, we, uh, we want to see the best version of you. So. Again, if you get anything out of the show, I would appreciate a review, a share, uh, you know, all that stuff. Uh, it, it, it only takes a few seconds, but it really does help just kind of get the message out and just try to get the, uh, you know, the, the positive vibes moving in the right direction to the earbuds that need to hear it. So and that's what this is all about. That's why there's no commercials. That's why I haven't monetized the project because uh, it's not about that. It's about uh, it's about helping you. It's about building a tribe. It's about building a community of like-minded people that want to be the best version of themselves and optimize this human experience. I love you guys. We will chat next week on the Evolution Podcast.